You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am one of your hosts this evening, Mike. <laughs> and sorry, I needed a dramatic pause. Um, and as, as always, I am joined by the uh, amazingly talented and beautiful Austin. Oh, thank you. Um, so it's just us again tonight. It's my new nails, isn't it? Uh, your new nails are the shit. I will say. Uh, we should just make the cover photo for the podcast the picture of my nails. I don't know that everyone that listens to the podcast would be as interested in your nails as you and I are. Um, I think you that's and a I lie. And we are. I think everyone would love to see my nails. So We don't really have a topic tonight. This is going to be another one of our just kind of random, just chatter kinds of episodes but I think that when we we do these this will be like what the fourth one of these that we've done now yeah. um, I think that when we do these uh, we, we we do touch upon some some good stuff I think you know we, we try to keep things topical um, yeah anyway is there anything that comes to mind Austin and anything that you would like to discuss this evening? You know, I, I was spending the last couple of days trying to think about like what's popped up that I I, I really want to talk about. And <sighs> shockingly enough, people would think that I'm not trying to be as positive as I scratch that. I'm trying to be more positive. I'm trying to not Ew. be such a negative Nelly. Um, <sighs> trust me, I get it. I know. Um, but there are a few things that I've seen just kind of popping up around uh, around the community. And I, I just, I, I guess I'll just probably riff, riff off stuff with you. But the first thing I want to talk about is like, I came across this thing today trying to describe the difference between traditional witchcraft and Wicca. And it really irritates me that we have to keep coming back to this. Um, Wicca is a religion. And though there are individuals who practice Wicca who are witches who do that, shindig um not all witches are wiccan and on top of that wicca is an initiatory practice like actual traditional wicca you have these different subsets and things of wicca that are more eclectic that don't require initiation you know you can pick up any silver raven wolf or cunningham book um and read into those but that doesn't make you wiccan that makes you a practitioner of wicca or someone who follows those things but it's it's one of those things where people just aren't getting it still well so let's i also had someone talk about like prior to that that traditional witchcraft and wicca like came about in the same time okay so let's let's talk about that a little bit okay because i think this is this is a good conversation and you're right this is something that does continue to create confusion and i think really to be honest i think one of the reasons ruffles my broom that, yeah well i'm i'm sure this is a particularly sticky issue for you um as both someone who has been a wiccan and as someone who is now now considers themselves a traditional witch so i i think would you say and you'll have to you'll have to you know i'm asking this of you as someone who does have past affiliation with wicca traditional wicca um, which is a tricky term for me in and of itself because I tend to think of Wicca as just Wicca. Mm-hmm. So you say traditional Wicca, and I think that right there is already going to confuse a lot of people because you have traditional Wicca, traditional witchcraft, right? It's that mm-hmm. word traditional. 
Um, but I also find in general that a lot of people don't really understand the context of the word traditional as it relates to witchcraft. Yeah. Or Wicca. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also know that within the Wiccan community and, you know, and again, and forgive me, I will be the first to admit, I have my issues with Wiccans. I, I have, unfortunately, over the years, I have met many a Wiccan or at least many people claiming to be Wiccan. I'm air quoting um, right now. Who have been, well, just frankly, just horrible people and assholes and uh, false self-appointed elders within the community, whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck that means. Um, So my experience of Wiccans, and as a result, my perspective on Wicca is really probably not the best, and I will admit that. Um, But I've noticed that within that discussion, when we talk about the difference between Wicca and traditional witchcraft, there still is this idea, and I think that Wiccans primarily are responsible for this. There is this idea that Wicca is based off of the old religions that were practiced by witch covens throughout Europe and the UK for hundreds of years before Gerald Gardner was lucky enough to stumble upon a group of people who were willing to, to teach stumble him. Stumble upon um, old Dorothy Clutterbuck. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting because if you look at the history around that association, when you look at the people that Gerald Gardner was supposed to be learning Wicca from, they weren't even witches. They were Rosicrucians. Um, Very different. Very different. It's not that, again, that you couldn't see some overlap there in practice, but witches are not Rosicrucians and Rosicrucians are not witches. Um, Very different belief systems and practices. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm going to have just pissed off every Rosicrucian out there that thinks they're a witch, um, or at least a traditional witch. But, um, but the, I've noticed, though, that there are people within the Wiccan community that continue to push this, like, well, the old religions, the old religions. Wicca is based on the old religions. And then you have people who are coming from traditional witchcraft situations or backgrounds that are mm-hmm. like, this is a practice that is rooted in the old folk witch and animistic slash shamanistic practices of said culture, said people, said era, mm-hmm. right? Which is where the, where the traditional, the context of traditional comes in there with traditional witchcraft, right? It's like, this is something that comes from the traditions of culture, people, time, mm-hmm. right? And so would you agree, having said that, that the concept, the idea that Wicca as it is practiced well, no, I'm not even going to go there. Just Wicca in general, even traditional Wicca. The Wicca is, it really, it's not a a religion. It's it's not based on old religions. The mythos around that and Wicca being a modern representation of old witchcraft traditions and religions is bullshit. That's fantasy science fiction crap that Stuart Farrar and Gerald Gardner and Alexander Saunders pulled out of their asses. I would agree to a point and to an extent. Okay. Because when you see those different traditions and those different practices, there, Wicca is a mod podge of different paganistic traditions and different pagan things. And so um, there might be a thread of truth in this thing, or there might be a thread of truth or historical fact in this thing. But no, Wicca in and of itself is not an ancient religion, like what a lot of people like to think, because it's, it's, it's not. It was 1930s, 1950s. Yeah. Well, we understand that there are elements, as you were just saying, there are elements of Wicca mm-hmm. that do have ties to older traditional practices, but those more often than not are also the pieces of Wicca that have been highly misappropriated. Highly misappropriated or not thoroughly 
delved into. Okay. You know, because Joel Gardner did like to go, oh, I'm doing this thing and I'm doing these things and I did it for a few months or a year and boom. Yeah. And now I know all this stuff. And it's like, but you don't. Yeah. So, and then he took that and brought it back to his coven and rewrote and reclaimed things. And so, yeah, it, it makes me, it, it frustrates me because no one's actually just sitting down and looking at it on a historical level. And then they go off on, well, anyone can self-initiate into Wicca. And I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah. Eclectic Wicca, sure. You can initiate or dedicate yourself into a particular thing on how you do stuff. But to be considered a priest, which in Wicca, that's what it is. You are a priest or a priestess of that religion. You have to go through the traditional veins. You have to go through a coven. This yeah. idea that you can be a traditional Wiccan solitary doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Because Wicca in and of itself is a group practice. Yeah. It just the, Those eclectic Wiccans, those practitioners, always kind of seem to me like the person that likes to go to Catholic Mass, but they were never baptized. Mm -hmm. They never took communion. Well, that's basically never, what it is. They never really did any of the shit to really initiate into Catholicism. Because that's what all those processes are, really. They're just processes yeah. of initiation. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with that. Right? There's nothing wrong with that, necessarily. Because I think it would be fair to say that Wicca is not a closed tradition. Right? No, but it's but an with, initiatory tradition. Well, yes. But uh, but with the amount of information that has been pushed out there, but most of it, most of it by Wiccans, mm -hmm. um, it's not really something that you can say, oh, well, you can't do this. Right, uh, because it's it's there, it's out there, mm -hmm. it's it's in the zeitgeist, right? Yeah, but, you can't you um, can't like if you pick up a Raymond Buckland book, if you pick up the B Uncle Bucky's Big Blue, mm. there's Wiccan stuff in there. Yeah, but you are right though, that you're supposedly oath bound. Yes, but you are right though in the traditional Wicca as it was originally, uh, I think, uh, you know, brought into being. Uh, it, it was an initiatory process. It, it did require a process of initiation, and that required someone other than yourself. Yes. Or a book. Um, well, okay. that's... Initiations always require someone or something other than yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe that's another good discussion. We've touched upon this, I think, briefly in prior episodes, but, um, but I think a lot of times people, they fail to see or they don't have a full understanding, and they wouldn't because they're not traditional witches. They're not, you know, usually they're coming do something like that from the outside, right? But they fail to see or they don't fully understand the entirety of what initiation is. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people look at initiation and they go, oh, this is basically my door into this, you know? And they don't realize that, okay, yes, but initiation is also going to be the pact that you make with spirits, ancestors, etc., of that tradition, mm -hmm. right? Um, Initiation is also not only a door into something new, but it is the door that you take or that you move through to leave what you were before. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, right? And so that that's why initiation is so important um, in a lot of these 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 traditions and yeah. practices. I'd agree so, with that. Okay, so what do we do with this? What do we do other other than just continuing to have this conversation? And you know, and the thing is, is this is going to be a conversation that we have to continue to have because. There's always a new generation of witch, mm -hmm. right? There are always new witches, new witchlings, new seekers who are going to be misconfused or, or misunderstood, confused, and they're going to buy into the bullshit. Well, so here's the thing. If you really, truly want to know the difference between traditional Wicca 
in traditional witchcraft. First, you need to know what the different traditions are. You know, traditional Wicca doesn't just stop at Gardenarian. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It goes through other things. You have Gardenarian, you have Alexandrian. Um, I don't know what the Ferrars were. I can't remember if the Ferrars were Alexandrian or Gardenarian or they were a breed all their own. If I remember correctly, I think, I think the Ferrars were closer to Saunders. Yeah, I think the Ferrars were closer to Saunders. So it's not just th- those two. There's so much more and so many different traditions there. And just as much as there are as many different traditions of Wicca, there's as many different traditions of witchcraft. When, when you look at these things, you need to understand the historical context and influence therein. And if you truly want to go down a Wiccan path, the one book that I have been having people read before they even decide to jump into Wicca is Traditional Wicca by Thorn Mooney, A Seeker's Guide. Because yep. Thorn flat out says, if you cannot do these things, this is probably not a path for you. Mm-hmm. You can go and you can be a Cunningham Wiccan or a Ravenwolf Wiccan, and that's okay. And that's completely fine. And, you know, you're going to have those elitist people out there in Wicca who will judge you for it. But if you find a connection there and you really want to do it, then go ahead and follow those things. That's okay. Um, if you want to go into traditional witchcraft, that's even more broad and deep than than Wicca. Because, okay, well, I want to go into traditional Italian witchcraft. Okay, well, what region? Well, I want to go into this region. Okay, well, do you have any ancestry there? Yes, I do. Okay, but what town? Like, what village? Okay, now, where did they come from? And you have to, like, it's, it's like, it's an assembly. It, yeah, it does. It takes a little bit of, of research. Yeah, you have to dive, you know? Um, you can't just say, oh, well, traditional Italian witchcraft as put forth by Gramasi. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, and... I love Gramasi, rest rest his soul, yeah. um, and I do love the Italian witchcraft book that he he put out and the Holy Book Strega, yeah. but that is not traditional Italian witchcraft. That is traditional Italian witchcraft as presented through the lens of an Alexandrian Wiccan who cavorted with Doctor Leo Martello. Would you? Okay, so I was just going to mention Martello. So would you? Would you say it would be fair to compare and Bruni? Really. We're throwing her in there too. Oh yeah, because she 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 claims to be also an Italian witch too. Well, she might be Italian and a witch, but yeah. Anyway, um, would you well, say it would know. be would you say it would be a fair comparison to make that people like Gramasi and Leo Martello, um, that they are in essence kind of like the raven wolves of the Italian witchcraft, the American Italian or Italian American witchcraft traditions. I say that mainly because, and I'm, here's, what, here's what I mean by that. I said, raven wolf has um, you know, well raven wolf still continues to be, you know she's, she still writes and she mm-hmm. uh, she continues I think to still be very popular in certain aspects of the, the witch community, certain circles um, you know and, and I, I'm, I can't crap on Ravenwolf's con- contributions to the witchcraft community. Of course not. We should because we should we crap on have many people who practice witchcraft today would not if they had not picked up that first Ravenwolf book. Right? Uh, I'll name so, off the, the first few authors that come to mind so, whose first book they read was Teen Witch. There you go. Thorn Mooney. Go, yeah. Matt Aron. Yeah. Silver Ravenwolf. Well, and if I recall correctly, Ravenwolf is... Um, not Silver Ravenwolf. Storm Fairy Wolf. I was, was going to say, yeah, I was like, wait, she read her own book. Um, she, before she, she wrote it. She read her own book before she wrote it. No, um, 
I was just going to say, I think if I remember correctly, Raven Wolf is, she wrote the foreword to Matt Aron's new book. Yeah, she wrote the foreword yeah. to uh, Mastering Magic. Mastering Magic, yeah, which will be out and available here, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the anyway. thing is, is those older voices have a lot of knowledge. Okay. You know, if you were to actually sit down and have a conversation with them, you'd be like, you would most likely be like, okay, like I'm having a conversation. But you have to remember that when those authors write, those authors write for an audience. They write to sell. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that, I mean that was my question. Okay. That that was I, I was trying to explain what I say when I say that the Grimaces and the Martellos are the basically in essence the Raven Wolves of the Italian American witchcraft community. Okay. The Strigoneria community mm-hmm. or the Strigeria community, which is we you know is not historically accurate. Anyway. Um, what I mean by that, okay, and in no way am I trying to trash any of those people because they all have contributed wonderful things to the witchcraft community. Um, but um, if I remember correctly, Raven Wolf would, I think, technically be considered Wiccan. But as my understanding, and, and, you, and I may be wrong, you correct me if I'm wrong, but, but she is not actually formally initiated into Wicca. As far as I'm aware, Silver Raven Wolf is not formally initiated into either of the root traditions of Wicca. Okay. Um, I do not believe she is uh, initiated into Gardnerian Wicca mm-hmm. or into Alexandrian Wicca. Okay. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, and, and who knows? And the thing is, is that that's, if she is, that's entirely her business, right? But I guess what I'm saying is this. Um, authors like Raven Wolf have really contributed a lot, or uh, yes, Ravenwolf have contributed a lot to the contemporary witchcraft com- uh, community um, by, I think, taking things that would have been considered more esoteric based on practice and tradition, and I think modernizing them and kind of repackaging them for uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the uh, what would you call it, the for Americans, basically, I guess is what I'm talking about, and not just Americans. You know, I'm in you know, all over the world, right? But but you know, we're here. We're here in America, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm saying basically, like I think that um, would you say that it would be fair to say that Grimassi and Martello kind of were the same that they took from their in, from their sp- positions as Americans mm-hmm. with genetic ties to Italy. Who knows about their magical ties, but genetic ties to Italy, that they were able to kind of function as a bridge from what some of the concepts and the ideas of old traditional craft, and then they were able to kind of update that, modernize it, Americanize it, and in the process kind of introduce it to a new community that probably would never have access to that. I would agree with that, yes. Okay, all right, okay, yes, sorry, that was my very uh, roundabout and complicated way of stating something that should have been very simple. Um, Okay. All right. And these are, you know, like I said, and these are, these are, these are good people. You know, I, I, um, yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know that any of their writing is necessarily the first thing that I would recommend given the place and the, the level of experience and knowledge that, that somebody who was coming to me for a recommendation might already have, mm-hmm. you know, if they're really new, like I'll, I'll admit if someone comes to me and they're really, really new and they're like, I know absolutely nothing, and I'm just looking for a place to start that will put this in a way where I can just kind of grasp it easily and then figure out what comes next. I, those are the people I might say, like, pick up this Raven Wolf book. Start here. Okay. But remember, there's a whole lot more beyond this. 
Um, and I would do the same, I think, for Grimasi. I would probably say, like, you know, if someone comes in, like, I'm looking for some connection to Italian folk which practices these kinds of things, and but they have no knowledge of any of that, you know, I, I would probably say, like, pick up a Grimasi book. That'll get you started. Okay, but remember what's in that book is heavily Wiccanized, and you're going to need to look beyond that. I'd agree with that. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what... Raven Wolf doing a deep dive on Raven. On I'm Raven trying to find what Raven Wolf's okay. up, who, if, if Raven Wolf has an upline. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, I don't believe that she's actually really formally initiated into Wicca. Um, so I found a Wikipedia article which we cannot trust. Uh, you know, you can't really trust Wikipedia. Ugh, but according to Wikipedia, Raven Wolf received her third degree initiation from a member of the Serpent Stone family, a pagan congregation, which needs clarification, while studying under a British traditional witch who claimed to have ties to the International Red Garters in Britain. Silver also became connected <coughs> with a family lineage witch who was the last in his line of the tradition. Uh, it was this mem- mentorship that prompted the beginning of the Black Forest Circle and Seminary in 1990s. Black Forest Circle and Seminary was, organ- it was an organization that contained several covens spanning the United States and Canada. However, this group is now defunct. Okay. So I'm hearing from that, I'm hearing probably a lot of Wiccans involved, but not necessarily an established Wiccan tradition. Yes. <clears throat> okay. um, from okay. from I, I remember from reading her books, because I was a little gaby witch, and I did read her books. Um she has a particular tradition around like Dutch powwow. Oh, okay. Like, like so Dutch, P- Pennsylvania Dutch folk magic, gotcha. basically. Okay. And which is also known as powwow. Yeah. Pow-wow. Or granny magic. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So let's, let's talk about like uh, traditions of traditional witchcraft then, since we're kind of on oh, the subject. There are so many, though. But let's talk about, like, the, the, the four fronts of ones. You know, certain, certain the, the ones that we will most likely hear about as we move further into the journey well, of witchcraft. Well, I think you're going to see, and this is going to probably seem unfair of me, but I, I think when we look specifically at uh, the traditions coming from... Okay, I'm just going to throw out, like, two really, really common ones that we see in the, in the pagan community. I, I'm really, I promise to all listeners, I'm really, I'm trying, I'm not trying to piss everybody off tonight. I, I promise I'm not. Okay. Um, so bear, bear with me. <clears throat> Meanwhile, okay, but, there are some of our listeners who are like, no, piss them okay, off. But, okay. But most of what we identify as contemporary Celtic traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking like Cornish, Welsh, you know, all that shit. Right. Well, um, would, would those be considered Celtic? I, I think there are people in the contemporary pagan community that, yes, that would use the term Celtic. I wouldn't use the term, but that's the word that people seems to come to people's minds. So that, and then the family of different spiritual practices that are now kind of identified as Norse traditions, mm-hmm. right? Which are all, we know, Reconstructionists, right? But I think both of those, to be honest, have been so heavily influenced by Wicca that I think it's difficult sometimes to be able to look at something like Cornish craft, like a mm-hmm. Cornish traditional witchcraft practice. I think it can be difficult sometimes to look at something like that and not see clearly the influence of Wicca. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yes, but there there are some of these that, that, that are supposedly around, obviously, before Wicca. Well, if yes. you, Cornish yeah. craft, yeah. if you actually look at some of the stuff that Jim McGarry has put out, mm. um, who is a fantastic author, dry as a bone, though we love her. Um, she's very She's British. got that very, just that very dry, very, British. Very British. Um, she, she, but she knows her stuff. When she, when she wrote Traditional Witchcraft, a Cornish Book of Ways, um, 
she did talk about how you probably wouldn't have been called the witch. No, that wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have, you been have been a cunning person. Chosen. Exactly. Um, or a folk practitioner. Or a folk practitioner. Yeah. And so I think what we are seeing a lot of is these old folk practices being lumped into witchcraft. And... Well, there's there's certainly is a lot of parallel there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, again, a lot of overlap and crossover. Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of what we identify today as traditional witchcraft practice was originally was something that was a component of folk um, I, I said that at the beginning of the, the, beginning of the episode, folk practices, uh, animistic practices, shamanistic practices, those are all going to be the roots of what we identify as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree. Um, so, <clears throat> when, but when you read Jimmy Gary's stuff, that's, that's her approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have other practitioners or other well-known names like Cochrane, Robert Cochrane, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew D. Chumbly. Um, who does sabbatic witchcraft um, or wrote about sabbatic witchcraft. Cochrane and Chumbly both died of overdoses, I do believe. A lot of, uh, a lot of the more well-known occultists and the pioneers within the pagan occult witchcraft community over the last century, a lot of them just seem to have a lot of issues with substance abuse. Yeah. Well, I, according to what most people think, Cochrane apparently overdosed on Belladonna. I'm really sorry. That's like the third time you've said that. And every time you say that, it sounds like you're saying Cochrane. Oh. Oh. You're not saying Cochrane, are you? No, because if I were to say Cochrane, I'd say Cochrane versus Cochrane. You would just go ring? Yes. I'd emphasize the guh. How many more times can we say the word Cochrane? I don't know, but it's most definitely an explicit episode. Where, yeah, I was going to say, we'll definitely have to mark this as an explicit episode. Robert Cochrane. 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 Robert Cochrane. Robert Cochrane. <laughs> Robert Cochrane. Robert Cochrane. Robert Cochrane. <laughs> Robert Cochrane. <coughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please go on. Uh, but Robert, Robert Cochrane. Cochrane is... is <laughs> now I can't unhear it. Uh, Robert Cochran. We'll just call him Robert. Robert. Um, uh, he's, he is around, he, he's been around since Gardner in 1951, yeah, you know, yeah. and they actually did do, <clears throat> do ritual and work together. And as a matter of fact, when uh, Doreen Valiente was like, fuck you, Gardner, um, she pieced out and went and joined the clan of Tubal Cain. Yeah. Which is Robert's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Robert. Uh, which is Bob's. Yes, um, yes, excuse me, sir. What was your name? Bob. Bob Cockring. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> oh God. Okay. I'm, yes. Anyway. Um, if yeah. I remember correctly, didn't didn't Robert? Um, he and Gardner like were not friends. Like they they were they they were contemporaries, and I think they worked together briefly on a few things, but like. They, they were not... They did not like each other. I don't think most people got along well with any of those big things. Any of those big names. Okay. Um, I mean, if you talk to... If you, if you talk to a lot of traditional Wiccans, you, you, you would hear, like, oh, no, Gardner and Crowley were, like, thick as thieves. But then you hear other people who are like, no, they couldn't 
stand each other. Stand each other. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I'm just here like, y'all, they were screwing each other behind their partner's backs. Were they? That sounds like a Crowley thing to do, but I, I'm not sure about Gardner. I'm pretty sure Gardner was bisexual. Oh, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Either way. Um, but, so, so, so we have these different names, and Cochrane is known for the the utilization of things like Cain in in the, his craft the, the, the biblical figure Cain yes the biblical yes, the biblical yes. figure figure Cain yes. C A I N mm-hmm. um, as well as things like the uh, white goddess and stuff like that Goda yes and uh, it's very interesting how how these all all came about and how there are lots of people who actually still work with this and practice it today i mean the the clan of Cane is still up and running as like a yeah. functional yeah. coven yeah. and uh, who was it what's her, what was her name they have very strong um my understanding is that when you look at their um many of their rituals and even the structure of the ritual they have a lot of ties to uh what seems to be freemasonry yeah, Probably. I mean, most things would. There's a, there's a lot of that going on there. Um, <clears throat> that that Middle East occult slash spiritual pipeline through the UK mm-hmm. and influences like the Golden Dawn. Very, uh, yeah. I believe the 1734 tradition that exists today would be one that would kind of call, qualify as a... What is 1734? Qualify as a I've heard kind of various... Kind of, kind of situation. It might be like an offshoot. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know what the planet, the, 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 the 1734 is. Well, we've talked about it a little bit. Based on the history of their tradition, I, I don't think even people who were involved in that tradition know entirely what it is. Um, because there's a lot of, that, that to me is another one of those traditions that is similar to, what am I trying to say? There's a lot of, uh, unnecessary mystery around the origins of that tradition and why it is even called 1734 and there are a number of stories out there around who founded it where the information and the practice came from um and it does seem to be very similar to wicca in that it's got a lot of old english kinds of trad practices Mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of other like weird Middle Eastern high magic influences, Freemason kinds of shit going on in that. Anyway, um, yeah. And if we have anybody listening who is a, a member of the 1734 tradition and we, we've uh, spilled the beans or we've upset you, we're so sorry. But uh, if you're a member of the 1734 <coughs> tradition, just get a hold of us and yeah. and we would love to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Fill us in. Maybe if we're, if we're totally wrong, but that that is what I, I'm aware of based on the studies and the people that I've spoken to who claim to be members of the 1734 tradition. I've um, never, <coughs> like, I'm sitting here and I, like, Googled it and I'm like, what's going it's on? It's not very well known. No. Um, it is it is Wicca-based, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I was saying, like, it's like Wicca and that it's very... Um, just a weird mix of shit. Um, anyway, so getting back to the point, though, so we wanted we wanted to talk about traditional things. So I think again, really to, to, to summarize that, we have to, if we're describing traditional witchcraft practices, what we really have to do is we have to again look at the cultures mm-hmm. and the people from where these practices really originated. Right? We have to look at you know the understanding that yes, that in the Mediterranean area of the world, we're going to have um, 
contemporary witchcraft practices that are going to have been based upon old religions throughout Italy, mm -hmm. uh, Sicily, Greece, all of those areas of the world, right? Um, there, there are branches of witchcraft practiced in every culture. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, the distinction there is that they are less theistic, less, less about the religious element. And I think, again, looking at their roots more closely tied to the physical world and folk uh, beginnings within those cultures. Okay. So, I mean, because you'll find those everywhere, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't think of a culture or a group of people that doesn't have something that couldn't potentially be qualified as witchcraft, even if they don't call it that, right? Because there, that's that's another one of the issues that we run into with, with the use of that word and identifying things mm -hmm. as traditional witchcraft is you've got people out there that are like, this is not witchcraft. I think most recently I was... Um, I was paying attention to a conversation that was being had by a Hindu mm -hmm. woman. Um, and she was basically telling um, uh, witches, you know, uh, contemporary, you know, witches today, like, 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 stop using chakras and karma and this shit in your witchcraft practice. Those things are not witchcraft. Mm -hmm. You know, stop doing that shit. This is not only not only is it one or not only are you fucking wrong in doing this, but but how disrespectful to the the spirituality and the religions in which these concepts originated, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I think of things like that, and I think you know there are a lot of practices out there that we have kind of incorrectly identified as witchcraft, um, you know, and I, I think that's a conversation that I see happening a bit more now. Particularly, like I, I, one I've seen happening lately is uh, within the Latin American, the Mesoamerican community, right? Where you have the the uh, character, the practitioner, like the bruja, mm -hmm. right? And I think for a long time you had, um, uh, there was it was always just kind of understood like, oh, the bruja is the witch, right? She's the Mexican witch, right? The bruja, and everybody's afraid of the bruja, right? The curandera is okay, but the bruja is scary. She's evil. Right. Um, anyway, but I'm noticing more that there are are, are brujas, uh, bruji, practitioners, of, practitioners of brujeria, brujos, male practitioners as well, that are saying like we don't we don't really want to be considered witches. Like please don't call us witches. And mm -hmm. Please don't don't identify what we do as witchcraft because it's not. It's more closely tied to the folk practices of our culture, you know. Um, and we have to respect that, right? Sorry, I, I went off on a tangent there. No, no, I, I, I like that because that's something we do need to keep in mind uh, a lot, actually. I can't tell you how many times people come to the, I just need to get my, 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 my chakras realigned. And, Ugh, God, I, and I'm just like, well, um, I don't do that. Yeah. And I can't really direct you to a reliable source around chakras there's there's a, a hindu temple and a and a buddhist uh temple right here in the valley and i you know at this point if somebody comes to me and they're like oh chakras I'm like, go to these places well yes but they think they're witches i know that that's that's the problem and you've got people in those spiritual practices that are like please don't do this mm -hmm. like you've you've taken this this has been totally misappropriated and even then you haven't you're not using it correctly even now you stole it and, and you're still not using it right you know so yeah i don't know i had two situations today that are coming to mind around this particular issue oh do tell oh 
Okay, I'm going to shit talk a little bit. Fill the tea. So, another metaphysical shop in the area has a has been pushing a practitioner, someone who works in their shop, and I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to name the name of the practitioner, uh, because that serves no purpose. Um, but this is another one of these situations where we have a white woman with no formal training or initiation claiming to be a shaman. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired of that. Um, and then just this evening we had a woman come into the store. She came into the store, I think like about 15 minutes before I was going to close mm-hmm. the shop looking and she had to have sage. Got to have her sage. Um, and I of course had to tell her immediately, we don't carry sage in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and Did that she, lead to a, a why? No, she didn't even ask. Uh, but then she proceeded to ask me, okay, well, then what else can I use for protection? And, and which told me, one, she she wasn't even... you. She she clearly is unaware. Like, you, you don't burn sage for protection. Even even if you, you are using it correctly, traditionally, you're not burning it for protection. Right? So, so she was one of these ill-informed Pinterest white wannabe witches and I'm very sorry I know that sounds like me being a, a gatekeepy critical asshole but there you go I claim it um, who honestly, obviously doesn't know what the fuck she's doing mm-hmm. you know um, and uh, and she ended up leaving she didn't buy anything I think I think I, I, I irritated her I think I got on her nerves because I you know we didn't have a sage um, and I made a couple of other suggestions on things she could do to protect but they weren't sage you know I wasn't going to fulfill that for her Right? And in her brain, she couldn't get past the, I need to burn some sage in my house to protect myself. right? And it's like, no, wrong, 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 wrong. There's a whole list of how wrong all of that is. you know. Um, and she left, and she didn't buy anything. And I felt badly because it was an opportunity, I think, for me to educate a little bit, but she wasn't open to that. Mm-hmm. It was clear. As soon as I said, we don't carry sage, she immediately shut down. But there's this part of me that's like, that conversation just take her the around the use of sage. sage and the use of the word shaman, that conversation has been going on for several years now. Yeah. And there are still people who are not getting it. And that tells me that these are people who are willfully ignorant. ignorant. They are choosing not to learn. They are choosing not to be better. And I'm getting to a point, I'm at a point in my life right now, and maybe I'm just, I'm old and I'm fucking tired now, but I'm at a point right now where if you don't want to be better, get the fuck out of my face because I don't have time for you. I want to deal with the people who want to be better. Agreed. Um, and ugh, anyway, so did we talk about traditional witchcraft enough? Did we? I think, I think we hit it. Greater detail there. No, I think we hit it. It's just. Traditional witchcraft is very broad. It's very broad. Yeah, there's no one traditional witchcraft. And it's... It's broad, and you can't find a lot on it. I mean, even a lot of the books that would be considered traditional witchcraft nowadays still have a little bit more of a heavy influence. There, I mean, we have some really awesome authors out now who are not. You know, I mean, you have, like, um, well, obviously, Frankie... Frankie's not Wiccan. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Well, and Frankie... Uh, Frankie Castanea uh, relies quite heavily on uh, folk practice. Yes. And tradition in their witchcraft. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I think is why it has such a strong base. Mm-hmm. Why it's got there's there's a good ground mm-hmm. there. Well, and why why if you ever have the lovely chance to interact with Frankie, um, one be respectful. If they don't want to talk to you, don't talk to them. <laughs> um, but why Frankie is so confident in their craft um, is because it's it it has roots in something that they they can feel. Yeah. Whereas there are people out there trying to mod podge tradition together because they read the Cochrane letters and then the White Goddess and then Ugh. you know witchcraft today. So boring. And they're trying to mod podge together this tradition, and it's not that those things are bad. Yeah. You know, you can still... Oh, it's all knowledge, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you really have a draw to Cochrane, then cool. Allow yourself to do that stuff. But do it through the proper veins of, like, research. And making sure that you're actually following it. Yes. Because that type of craft is not something you can go, Oh, well, like, I know that it says that I'm supposed to use bone meal, but I don't have bone meal, so I'm just going to use flour because, like... That's the same thing. It's all about intention. No, the fuck it's not. No, the fuck it's not. Isn't flour the bone mill of wheat? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, would you would you say it would be fair, or would you? Yes. Would would it be fair to say that most of what we would would truly most of what truly could be classified as traditional witchcraft is going to be information that is really probably not going to be readily available it's not going to be readily available because most of those are most likely familial slash cultural slash closed traditions Mm -hmm. well it's not going to be readily available and if you can find a source that is readily available that's just the tip of the iceberg yeah you know if you read anything by leo i try to never read that's a lie um but if you try you know if you read anything by leo martello or if you read weave the liminal or if you read any of those things that would be centered around quote-unquote traditional witchcraft that's just the tip of the iceberg if you really truly want to learn and you want to learn that tradition specifically then you need to approach a person who practices that tradition yes but if you do that make sure that they are legit yes do what you can to vet that person yes which is where that kind of interaction gets so tricky because it can be very hard to vet people yes and then like you know in my awakening the witch class i take the commonalities commonality commonalities i'm having a hard time speaking tonight commonalities the commonalities that robert commonality (laughs) that you would find in most traditions of witchcraft and I go, okay, so these are the basics. This is the, like, this is going to be similar in a lot of traditions. So that way when you do approach someone about it, you're not just floundering off into the wilderness. Word. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Um... We are we are on the threshold of spooky season. Spooky season. I, I, I know, <clears throat> and I know this because I am one of these people. For me, spooky season actually starts at the beginning of September. Because I'm of the opinion that Halloween should be a three-month-long holiday. I agree. Uh, but, you know, but as witches, we kind of, uh, we, we do Halloween every every day, right? 
Um, we live it. Uh, but um, but along those lines, I, I was thinking today about some of the silliness that we see as witches this time of year, with just public <laughs> perception. Okay. Right? Um, and just the ideas that people have about some of the shit that we get up to around this time of year. And to be fair, they're not always wrong. Um, we do go hang around in graveyards at night. But that's usually not something we reserve for spooky season. Like, we're pretty much we, doing we that, do that year. consistently, yeah. Um, you know, you gotta try to get those ingredients as fresh as you can, right? Um, but, I don't know, I was thinking about that today, you know, and just the, just the, the silliness that we see with just, I don't know, I think it comes down to, like, that the whole concept of the veil. The veil is thinning, Ugh. right? And as witches, you know, we're supposed to be keepers of the veil, right? Whatever the hell that means. Um, I mean, I have a couple veils... Veiling has become quite popular. One is from my wedding night. I was here terms like that. I was here like keeper of the veil, and I just picture myself standing near a window and just like pulling the cord to like open the blinds or yeah. closing the blinds. Like I'm the keeper of the veil. Uh, yes, I see um, that. Yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about that. I don't know. I'm not sure where I was really going with that, but it was well, no, we can that, talk about that because it was something that came to my mind today, and I was thinking like, what are some of the ridiculous things that you've heard from people around what witches do at Halloween? I've heard that there are, you know, a lot of people, oh, most people know that that is going to be a busy season for us. Um, yeah. But what they don't realize is it's not just a busy season on a business level and on a magical level, but it's a busy busy season for, like, family. Yeah. We, we, we do a lot of stuff with our family, whether that's coven or household family, yeah. because there's a lot of activity that happens. How often do we wake up in the morning in October and we're like, oh my God, it's so <clears throat> full in here. So you're ta- when you say family, you're not just talking the living. No. Yeah. Okay. No, we, we, we work a lot with those dead spirits. And so um, while, yeah, the quote unquote veil is thin, all it does for us is it just makes our dead people louder. That's true. They just get louder, they get more obnoxious, and want more offerings. Yeah, that's true. Refill the water more. Okay. Give me more incense. All right. Hey, 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 hey. Are you going to give me some of that pot roast? I suppose I could. Oh, God, I try not to sound so begrudging. No, it, it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's <clears throat> very, like, like, it just gets very... It's a lot. It's a it's responsibility. A lot. Yes. And I think those are sometimes the things that people don't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of people also don't anticipate that if we're setting, like, we, we usually set up, like, an altar, right? Mm-hmm. An altar yeah. to the dead. And um, and a lot of people don't really realize the amount of things that go into it. So, so one of the things that I notice is you have these people who love spooky season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dabblers year-round. But then they are full force in. At, during October, and oh, they are yes. just crazy, and they're trying to get nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen different rituals going on in one different day, and yeah. and they're trying to do this, and they want to do this, and they they have all these ideas, and they want these big, huge, elaborate altars, and they have all these things, and they want the aesthetic, yeah, of what it means to be a witch at that time, but none of the responsibilities still, mm-hmm. and I mean, we had this experience with with someone where. They wanted to help out with the altar and da 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 da. Okay, cool. And I had to have the conversation like, so you know that it's not just it's up, it's done, and then we ignore it until mm-hmm. we take it down. Yeah. Like we have to clean it, 
We have to make sure that we are refilling offerings. We have to make sure that we are consistently acknowledging the dead. Like this is something we have to do in order to appease that energy and make sure that it's not affecting the rest of us since we are tied to it, since we raised it. Mm -hmm. There's work that we have to do. Okay. And I'll buy that. It just didn't like click in their fucking brain until all of a sudden, the, the week before we're getting ready to do our our shadow fest festivities shadow fest uh celebration celebration yes. our, our shadow fest celebration where they finally decided like oh yeah i have it really oh and they're like things in my house are really bad and 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 this and i'm like it's because you haven't been at the altar you've yeah. not shown up to the altar mm-hmm. and fulfilled the commitments that you were supposed to fulfill mm-hmm. yeah and then I was the bad guy because I was like, well, here's the reason why. You like being the bad guy. I don't. But it was like, here's the reason why. And then they were like, you're just being mean. It's like, no. This is a fucking responsibility. And if you can't handle the responsibility of keeping the dead and keeping the altar and doing that stuff, then fuck off. Don't commit to it. Yeah. And that's that's what I find is it's this misconception. This misconception that... It's okay to just neglect your entire spiritual practice for an entire year, even the entire month of October, for that one day. Yeah. You know, and I guess, honestly, spirits probably say, well, it's better than nothing. But if you're a witch, you're not just a witch during October. Yeah. You should be a witch year-round. And so that's, that's what I usually find, is it's like... We only exist during October. Then we crawl back into our caves and back to our nine to five jobs. And it's like, no, still here. Yeah. Still here after October. Still here during December, too. A lot of people are here in December. That's true. Whew. Yes. Busy. Well, I was thinking on a lot of the uh, nonsense that we hear from, particularly in, in the U.S., the, the Christian mm-hmm. religious community around the evil of Halloween you know, Halloween is a satanic holiday. Yes, their old white folk ancestors uh, didn't know, do and, anything. You know, and how, yeah. So I was thinking about that because that's something that I, or a conversation that seems to pop up a lot in the witchcraft community because we're, by by at least those other religious communities, we're still hated. Yeah, you know? I guess. <clears throat> I should probably care and they will, that, And they will say, they will say, oh, we don't hate you. But I'm sorry, your behavior betrays your words. You clearly are full of hate. Hate the sin, love um, the sinner. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, anyway, so I don't know, I was just thinking about that. I was thinking like, oh God, here we go. I'm just waiting for the 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 uh, what news reports and things to start popping up all over the internet, right? Like about, you know, the whole satanic panic and churches protesting and, you know, because that's what they do, right? They yeah, to, just go to trunk or treat. Yeah. That's something that also irritates me because that's become such a popular thing here. But the trunk or treat thing that people do, I'm like, that is so lame. What a cop out. Like, just let your kids trick or treat, for God's sake. Um, yeah. I it, don't it, know. Well, the trunk or treat is in an effort to make sure that they don't interact with anyone who is not of that particular religion. Well, exactly, because that's what they do, right? They all go to like the, the church parking lot and they all basically go from like trunk of one car to trunk of one car to trunk of one car and you know and they all either dress don't dress at all or they dress up like you know like angels and things that are totally you know like in line with you know their version of of spirit and reality right which anyway um 
yeah, I don't know, I was just, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, like, it's almost time for that now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I was also thinking uh, today that I, I I need to go get another pumpkin spice latte. <gasps> Yes. Okay. Well, let's um, discuss that. Let's let's talk about pumpkin spice latte. Well, so that, as it would be magical. Well, okay. Well, see, then that that's where I want to go with this. That's why I brought this up because I I do enjoy a pumpkin spice latte. But I was thinking about that today because I was having an interaction with someone in the shop and um, and I was talking about um, just really simple ways or like the ways that spells or things that we could identify as spells if we had the knowledge of a witch, right? Mm -hmm. Things that we, how we could identify something like, this is a spell. Like, this is a spell in delicious liquid form, right? You know, like, everything... It's a potion! Everything that goes into a pumpkin spice latte is, well, not necessarily everything, but is, in essence, something that you could use for prosperity workings, love workings, right? Like, who are we talking to? It's been a long time ago, but we had the conversation about an apple pie how an apple pie, basically almost all of the ingredients that you use... Is a love spell. ...to season and flavor an apple pie is... This is a love spell. You are baking a love spell. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you were to just charge it with your intent as such, you got a spell. Well, I knew a crone, well, mm-hmm. a, self-proposed, a self-proposed crone, rather, okay. whose go-to love spell was that, was here, make a pie, mm-hmm. burn this candle, share a slice of pie with your with, with your beloved. Yeah. She failed to mention... Food magic is pretty potent. She failed to mention that the most effective way of doing that is... Another way, including that 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 apple. But this is just a ah, conjure. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just was thinking about that. Bodily fluids. Yeah, bodily fluids are... Um, particularly bodily fluids that we associate with the sexy erogenous areas of our bodies those mm-hmm. are always good things to add to workings of love mm-hmm. um well <clears throat> so let's 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 break down pumpkin spice because it's not just like the pumpkin spice latte is not just pumpkin spice right so we have the spice which is pumpkin spice but then we also have the uh other components so the okay. cinnamon that I do in my, in my kitchen witch class. So you have uh, ground cinnamon, usually. You have cinnamon in there. Cinnamon is good for success. It's good for attraction. It's good for power. Yeah. Um, ginger, which is a really good go-getter herb. It's good for power. It's good for prosperity. It's lots of fire. Yeah. You have nutmeg, which is awesome to attract a lover. Mm-hmm. You have allspice, which all, all around, allspice is good for, like, blessing. It's good for... Um, all those types of things. Just kind of overall good things. Right? Yeah. Then you have clothes, and clothes are great for protection and heavy-duty cleansing, but also domination. Yeah. Because they're very good for coercion. Yes. Yeah. So we have that all pulled together. Mm-hmm. Then we have the milk. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and I'm just going to go with basic cow milk, but I can also do milk alternatives too, which is normally what I do. So, milk is good for healing. It's good for beauty. It's good for glamour. It's good for all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use any of the alternative milks, I'm going to go with uh, oat milk. Oats milk. Oats are good for bounty. They're good for harvest. Well, they're also very good for healing. They're good for healing. They're good for prosperity. Mm -hmm. So you still kind of get that same thing going on. Now you add in all the freaking sugar that is in there. Mm -hmm. And sugar is good for attraction. And because it's a processed sugar, it's going to be fast. It's going to be quick. 
Mm-hmm. You add in the coffee, which is good for speeding things up. Yep. Um, coffee can be used in some forms of cleansing. It can be used in um, banishment. It can also be used in money <clears throat> spells. Yes. And sometimes binding. Um, coffee grounds, particularly. Yep. Um, used. So you have this magical, awesome potion here that you're consuming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people realize that when you consume that, even if even if you're not the one who made it, it still makes you feel good, right? It's a great way to start your day. Well, it's a comfort thing. Yeah. And so already you've infused that. I've got my latte. Everything's going to be good. I got my sweater on. It's a little <coughs> dewy this morning. I'm here for it. You know, yes. and it helps set you up for a good day. Yeah. So we just broke down pumpkin spice for you. A yes. pumpkin spice latte. And if you don't like pumpkin spice lattes, what is wrong with you? If you don't like pumpkin spice latte, I'm just kidding. Um, pumpkin spice lattes. Go with your chai. Chai is going to have the same stuff, except for That's you also true. have you have cardamom in there, which is great for love. Yeah, cardamom's a really good one for love. Um, and if you break down a traditional chai spice recipe. With the black tea being in there, black tea is traditionally good for money and riches. Mm. So chai tea could be, you know, used in a sugar daddy potion. There you go. Or a sugar mama <clears throat> potion. Yeah, yeah, we don't discriminate. Or a sugar they them potion. There you go. Basically, something to get someone to pay lots of money to you. <laughs> okay. For favors. Favors? Favors. Robert Cockring favors. Yes, Robert Cockring <laughs> favors. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the only other thing that I really had on mind, or, or that came to mind over recent days, was another another bout of bitchcraft that I'm seeing online. Oh God. And it's it's no one particular because it really it's 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 nothing that you can really pin down to one or two people. I guess where I wanted to go with this and bringing this up is is once again I'm reminded that a lot of the more public names and figures that we see and recognize within the pagan slash witch slash occult community Mm -hmm. these people who are you know they're really well known on social media you know some of them are published authors you know they they teach and lecture at pantheacon every year whatever the fuck that thing is called right they do this shit um but at the end of all of it you know the only real magic that they have going for them is a silver tongue you know and that and that they don't really a lot of times they're not what they claim to be, you know? Um, and I, I guess, you know, and, and having said all of that, to be honest, really none, none of that matters. You know, I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is that once again, I'm, I'm reminded this week of some situations where, you know, if you have to, because someone disagrees with you on something, if you have to, you know, ruffle your feathers and huff and puff and blow that person's house down because you are so insecure as a person that they're questioning you in some way or questioning your practice or something, you know, your knowledge in some way that that is going to like really, to be honest, put you like fully on the offensive, then you can't be a very powerful witch because if you've really done the work to earn your power as a witch, that means you've also have done some of that shadow work and you have addressed some of those issues of ego. Mm -hmm. If you are so full of arrogance and pride, like false pride, which we all understand is just a mask for insecurity. Mm-hmm. 
If you're so full of those things, you shouldn't be practicing witchcraft because you are a danger to yourself and to other people. You will misuse your power if you have any at all. Which you probably don't. You know, and so be mindful of that. Those of you who listen to this, you know, and um, if you if you ever find yourself interacting or following a social media personality, whatever, someone who is, is into the witchcraft community, you know, and they are always talking about how big and bad and powerful they are and people better never mess with me and you know and they, they're this kind of personality that that is not a witch that is a charlatan that is a fraud and a fake and all they really have going for them is the fact that they have a big mouth and a lot of people who are probably really too stupid to figure out that they're full of shit yep um but i'm seeing that happening a lot um couple of different social media platforms this week and you know and that continues to be an issue in our community i don't know why but something about the practice of witchcraft and the occult just really seems to attract a lot of assholes the practice of the witchcraft of witchcraft and the occult where we find these ego issues are these are people who already in and of themselves know that they are weak know that they are insecure and have all these things so they jumped into witchcraft thinking that something could empower them and it did for a minute and then they decide to take the ego the negative ego because ego ego is a healthy thing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, ego ego is a necessary thing yeah but take that negative ego and run with it and um you know we all get into these things we all get into those 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 positions of ego all of us do well, that's a very human thing. Yes, like, that's a very that human has nothing thing. to do with witchcraft. Yes, yeah. but 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 as humans, we get into that. You know, I know I, I'm very aware of my herbs and how things work. I'm very well versed in those things. That doesn't mean that I can't acknowledge when I'm when I'm wrong because I will. We we've been in that situation where someone's been like, "Well, no, actually," and I'm like, oh, yeah, "I am dumb." Yeah, I love the no actually people. <laughs> um, you know, or however they put it, we yeah. we've been in that. But there's also been times where people will actively try and get you to huff and puff um because they will i get it's not hard to get me to make me huffy and puffy yeah it's not hard and there's one for sure thing that'll do it for me every single time and i've worked so hard and i've gotten a lot better at it than i have you know than, than i was four years ago but the minute someone brings my age into question about my knowledge and my experience Oh. Yeah, that, that, is, that is, is definitely a trigger for you. That just gets me going. And and part of that is because I've had those experiences where people have um, used that against me to deny me of, of my successes, to deny me of what I have worked towards and what I know that I am capable of doing or my knowledge base and that that really frustrates me so i think we all have that one thing Mm -hmm. right you know um yeah what's your one thing my one thing um i oh god what would be what i'm trying to think of the one thing that really mike has nothing no that's not true well i that is very true yes but um no i'm trying to think of the one thing that i know is always going to set me off like the one thing that's always going to anger me, um, and I think really to be honest, it's 
I, I'm kind of maybe I'm I'm kind of like you, but in a slightly different way. I I don't like having someone question my knowledge on something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to, to be clear on that, I will be the first to admit if I don't know something, and someone, you know, I say something, and someone is like, "Well, no, actually, this is," and you know, and you know, and it's actually like, and they know what they're talking about, and and they know more than I. You know, in that situation, it's like, okay, you know, absolutely. You know, this is somebody who, you know, like they know they know more than I do. I need to shut up and listen to this person mm-hmm. because they're teaching me. You know, and well, I'm, that's I'm, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm I don't speak on Nordic. Really practices. A big believer that we're always learning, all of us. We're always learning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, but I, but I've had a few situations um, where I've, oh, one of the one of our one of our managers is 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 uh, talking, um, in the background. Uh, but I've had a few situations where I've had somebody um, question me on something. And even after giving them not just my information on that, but backing that up with like verified, like these are facts, like this is information that has been established, not just by me. Mm-hmm. This isn't just my UPG. Like there, here's like ten books. Here's articles on, from archaeologists and anthropologists that will confirm. You know, and even then, they're like, "Well, you don't know what you're talking about." It's like that. That's when I get pissed off. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, "Okay, I've wasted all this." So it's time. woeful ignorance. Yeah. Once again, it comes down to the willful ignorance. You know, um, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not about them questioning my intelligence because I'll be honest, I, I don't really care if people think I'm an idiot or not. You know, because I, I know I'm not an idiot. I'm not the smartest person in the world either, but I know I'm not an idiot. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it's weird stuff. But that's one of the things that I, I had had seen in it again recently in in a few days. It's just this this attitude, this thing that pops up. I don't know. You know, we we have a few people that are are close to us. Even you know, and I'm not. I'm not talking our customers at the store. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go out. But we, we have moments here and there. I think where um, it almost seems sometimes like we like we get a little too big for our britches. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that happens. You know, if you're somebody who is, um, you know, you're a quick learner, and you already have kind of like a well of your own power, mm-hmm. right? And you're you know, you're willing to do what you need to do to continue to grow and learn. And as a result, you see some success in your practice as a witch. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you do spells that are effective. You know, you do rites that catch the attention of your spirits, right? Mm-hmm. You do these things, you know, and you have good results. And over time, rather than using that to enforce what you have and validating you, you you get cocky, mm-hmm. like you get arrogant. Like I've never had a spell that's failed. Right, and I see people talking like that. I've had those interactions with other witches. Like, I, all of my spells work, and it's like you're full of shit. There's no way every single one of your spells works. That's not possible. I will say I've never had a spell necessarily backfire. That's there's a big difference than backfiring and not working though. Yeah, right? I had them just fizzle because, and just kind of go meh. Well, but there's that. But also, even the most effectively crafted spell still has a, a high likelihood that it's going to manifest in some way that would be different than what you initially mm-hmm. thought. Or right? you were so you, detail-oriented yeah. that it's going to work in 10 years when this thing doesn't matter to you anymore. Exactly, exactly right? So so those are those are the little chaotic pieces that we have to deal with when we're, we're looking at how we craft our spells, right? But um, anyway, but yeah, but I, I guess it just comes once again back down to like, you know, if you've gotten to a point in your practice where for whatever reason, maybe you're just, by nature, you tend to be just an ego-driven asshole or, you know, maybe you got lucky and you fired off a few spells early on in your career as a witch, you know, but now you think you're untouchable. 
and that nothing can get to you and that you can stand before the gods and command them without any kind of consequence. I mean, that at that point, you're not a witch. At that point, you're a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Because sooner or later, something is going to bite your ass. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really good when it happens. And the rest of us, depending on how you've treated us, are going to be there on the sidelines cheering that monster on as it devours you. Um, Mike is talking about me. I'm not talking about you. He's looking you. right in my eyes as he's saying this. You're sitting right across from me. And you know me, I tend to be a sustained eye contact kind of person, which is weird. I think I, I think I inadvertently, uh, not intimidate. I think I make some of our customers feel awkward because they'll come into the store sometimes. And in the process of, of talking with them, I, I do like sustained eye contact. Cause for me, that's an issue of honor mm -hmm. or like respect. Like if I'm talking to you, particularly in a more formal kind of context, I'm going to hold your gaze. I'm going to focus on your eyes because for me, that's an element of communication. Right. And if I'm taking the time to talk to you, I want you to understand that I'm fully invested. Right. Um, but I, I notice a lot of people don't do that, you know, and I, I think sometimes like I have people that come into the store that are like, like, I don't know, they think I'm trying to intimidate them, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. I've had people say that, though. I've had people say, like, you're intimidating, you know, or, you know, like, you were staring me down. And I was like, I wasn't trying to stare you down. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, you know? Anyway, that's why I'm looking at you. I focus on the microphone between us, but it just looks like a big black robot penis. <laughs> but a big black robot penis that needs a Robert Cochrane. <laughs> Yes. Um, okay. Well, I think we have an episode. I think so. I got nothing else. Um, we will be back next week. Mm -hmm. And who we have a guest next week. Awesome. Yes, we do. Who is our guest? Our guest next week is... The, what's their handle? Aziel. Aziel. I almost said Osriel. Yeah, it's similar. And I, I was like... No, we're not. <laughs> we're we're going to have a podcast with Osriel, the demon gonna be great i thought azrael was the name of the evil wizard from the smurfs no, no that was gargamel and yeah. then his cat was azrael <laughs> gargamel with his gar no gar gar gargamel gar robert cockring oh, gargamel it's a gargamel oh my god <laughs> you're terrible um, um but we are gonna have aziel yes aziel aziel uh on the podcast and we're gonna be discussing some really cool things I think everyone's going to enjoy. And that's going to be primarily, that's going to be another episode where where Mike and the guests are going to just be going ham on stuff and I'm just going to be over here probably sipping a sipping a coffee or something going Oh no, you better you better chime in. You better you better I mean, I'll chime in, obviously. You can't shut me up. But um but it, it's it's on a subject that I'm not necessarily well versed in. And like we just talked about, if there is something that I'm not versed in, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Not because I don't want to feel, not because I don't want to feel stupid or anything like that, but just because like, I don't have anything of worth to contribute to that yes. conversation. You know, if, if someone comes in and I've said this before on the podcast, there are people like, Oh, you should talk about Thor next. I'm like, no, I have no connection, have no desire to learn about it. You have Google, Google it. Yes. You know, and then they're like, well, you should just be more open to all these other things. And I'm like, that's great. It's not that I'm not open to them, but that's not my practice. That's not my craft. That's not where I'm at. And that's not what I'm educated on. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk on it. That'd be like me trying to teach uh, a collegiate level physics class. No, 
No idea. No idea. Hmm. I could probably bullshit my way through it, maybe. Okay. But no idea. I think I'd like to take that class just to see exactly what you'd do. I I just turn it into I I'd turn it into like doing like bingo or something. Oh, it would just be fun. I'd be like, let's go drop things off the roof and see that. Because that's physics, right? That's physics. There you go. Um, and then after next week, I think we'll be doing a, a pod on the or an episode. Jeez, a pod, a podcast episode. Oh, we'll be doing. Um, we had a topic suggestion on uh, servitors. Okay. Which we've touched upon in the past. We included a discussion on servitors, I think, on one of our early episodes. When we talked about egregores? Um, we talked about, I think it was just like spiritual allies, just mm-hmm. in general. And we talked about servitors a bit on that episode. But um, but I think the question that came through on that one was basically like um, more practical information for servitors. Okay. And so I think that would be a good one because uh, people, are, people are digging their servitors. Okay, cool. Um, Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you. Have a good evening or day or whatever. Happy witching.